Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Happy Monday, gamblers, diehards, degenerates of all ages. Welcome back to the Die Hard MMA podcast. As always, your boy Clint on the mic. It's Monday, baby. There may be no UFC this week, but that doesn't mean that we won't have a show. How is everybody doing? We are coming off of USC Vegas 79, and uh, 
Whoo, what a card. I mean, we don't usually do the whole like recap show thing. Honestly, I wish I had more time. I would totally do a recap show for every single episode. That would be that would be a lot of fun. Maybe one day when I get to take the podcast on the road and go full time with this bad boy, maybe then I'll be able to do a recap episode. But it works out beautifully that we've got a free night for a free episode on a night that was insane as UFC Vegas 79, because now we get to kind of talk about everything, right? Like we're just going to hang out. It's just me and you, me in the chat. We're going to have a good time this evening. And then we're going to call it quits. I'm going to go get my daughter some dinner and take her for a walk probably. And just kind of kick my feet up this week. I know there's contender series. I know there's a PFL card, but folks, unfortunately, I didn't have time to study either of those. I was about waist deep in fireball and misery on Sunday because of what happened to my poor Vikings. And I lost a pile because I made a big, big, big investment on bet openly. I said there was no way my Vikings were going to go 0 and 3. And quite frankly, they absolutely should not have gone 0-3. That was a game they should have won. They had every opportunity to do so. And how does somebody bounce a ball off of a helmet for a touchdown? I mean, like, even all the other BS aside, that doesn't happen. Like, they really should have won that game. But now I'm broke. So I was in misery and didn't study anything i will look into dana white's contender series as much as i possibly can tomorrow i've been having real success with the one and done one shot one kill approach on dana white's contender series and i think i'm going to keep doing that as long as i can keep just you know smash and grabbing one unit at a time from dana white's contender series i like that i made the mistake of feeling like i knew what i was talking about and going hard on dwcs and it bit me right in the ass and ever since then it's been one and done and that's worked out pretty nicely. So I think I'll keep doing that. But watch out, obviously. Twitter, Instagram, I'll post my stuff if I make a play tomorrow night. I'm sure I'll find something I like in the PFL because I'm a sucker. I love a good PFL card. Bellator, PFL, there's always something that entices me to get involved on that. But tonight, like I said, it's just us. We're just hanging out. There is some football going on. I got a couple bets. I'm sweating degenerate action here on that stuff tonight. And, of course, uh, fantasy football going for everybody. So don't mind me if I look off to the side here once or twice during the show. But I do see my guy Mushroom in the chat. There's Air Dog saying congrats on the successful year. Air Dog, my guy, thank you so much. I do want to go ahead and give everybody the recap, right? We're wearing the baby blues. We got the money necklace on right now. We're coming off a plus 4.4 unit night last week. You'll love to see it, especially on such a chaotic card. How we walked away with any money is beyond me. We will talk about it in just a second. Uh, but the big thing is we're back up scratching onto that 90-unit mark, folks. We are plus 89.76 units in 2023. We are knocking on that door again of a 100-unit year. I want it. I can taste it. I can smell it. The reads are on. We're getting the lucky bounces when we need them. I want to break that 100-unit profit mark. I've never done it before, and I'm hungry for it. I'm hungry. So the update includes my awful minus 12-unit UFC 293, which was by far my worst card of the year. Got absolutely destroyed, but we turned it around right away with back-to-back -back smash and grabs. Dana White's Contender Series Week 6, Week 7. Got a plus 9 units on Noche UFC with the diehard PRP parlays. And then last night with the plus 4.4-unit uh, win. We're right back in it. We are right back 
in it. So if you guys are hanging out in the chat and you got a question for me, obviously fire it my way. It's going to be a short show tonight. We're just going to talk about last week's card. And if anybody's got questions, we'll answer those. Of course, uh, if you're listening to the show later on or in the future and you get in your comments down below, I will try to go back and address the comment section here on this one. But it's going to be a quick show tonight. It'll just be a quick little uh, you, me and us type of show this evening. So what happened at UFC Vegas 79. I mean, we started out the night with the lock of the week, Tomorrow's Vidal, just getting worked by Montserrat Rendon. I mean, it was a split decision. It was a relatively close fight. She did well with the leg kicks, but I talked about it, man. Vidal just doesn't look like she's putting any effort in whatsoever. Like, she's still got the spare tire around her gut. Like, she's just not training hard at all. She has no cardio. I'm surprised she lasted as long as she did in that fight. She does have that big explosive power, but Rendon just kind of chipped away at her for 15 straight minutes, and it was a pretty easy decision win. Uh, the experiment of having Chris Lieben, you know, UFC-trained fighter being a judge cage side here for this one, he was the only one that scored it for Vidal, so like, ah! I mean, yeah, he was giving her credit for the power strikes and for the leg kicks, and I get that. I do think there's an argument to be made there for that, but at the same time, it's like, yikes. Like That's your first scorecard that you turned in was saying Vidal beat Rendon. Oh, hopefully the next one's a little easier there for you, Chris. I do, you know, it's just not a good luck, unfortunately. Uh, Mizuki Inoue and Hannah Goldie, what a mess. I mean, Goldie made a good showing of herself, I guess. Our bar could not have been lower. We didn't really expect much from her. So the fact that she worked her way to a unanimous decision and was kind of in it a couple of times, like that's better than most people gave her credit for. So that one was what it was. Inoue got the decision win there, but it was never even close to being finished for either woman. It was pretty rough to watch. And then the uh, Muhammad Usman and Jake Collier spot, man, that was the one that got me, right? So my first play of the night was uh, Usman Collier under two and a half. Added it late, looked at it all week, finally decided that I liked violence here in this spot. And Jake had Usman on skates in the first round. I mean, he was doing what he does. Cardio pace, staying autumn, connected with straight shots, had Usman wobbled. Like I was like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. This, There's no way this thing goes the full 15. And then we just got a brutal eye poke. I mean, Usman got Collier good, and he was never the same again. That was one of those ones where, like, I, I think a point probably should have been deducted for it because even though it was accidental, it was bad. And Collier did not fight the same the rest of that fight the remaining 10 minutes was much more competitive much slower he definitely wanted to keep it at range and then you know Usman had some success with the takedowns and just a mess of a fight one of those ones where in my opinion for me like you can see the different course that fight goes from before I poke to post I poke I don't think Usman wins that fight if it wasn't for the eye poke. And frankly, I think Jake finishes him if it wasn't for the eye poke. Now, personally for me, I was just rooting home violence, right? Uh, I did throw out there that the big guy over at Superbook did place a last second bomb of a bet on Jake Collier. So I feel really bad for anybody that tailed that play. I wasn't on it myself, as always. Give you guys that info and you guys can pick what to do with it. Um, but I I thought Jake was going to win the fight. And really, I thought Usman was going to finish if he was going to win at all. So Usman, by decision, just kind of got all of us right in the short shorts there on that one. But here, here's the big one. Jake Malkoon and Cody Brundage in the next fight of the night. Holy crap. Uh, this is the one, folks, where not only did we cash the under two and a half, but we cashed the 20 to one. Round one KO, TKO, or DQ prop on Cody Brundage. I got bailed out on this thing, folks. Oh, my goodness. So 
if the round one KO for Cody didn't happen, I expected the under two and a half would cash because I thought Cody would just kind of shell up and quit and he would eventually get TKO'd by Malkoon. It looked like that was well on the way to happening. We had, you know, Cody took like one shot at it. He threw two strikes, both of them backed up Malkoon, and then he shot for a takedown. Worst thing you could ever possibly do. Now, I understand like maybe the thought process is the guy can grapple offensively, but maybe he's not so great off of his back, so you get on top of him instead of the other way around. Like I get the thought process, I really do, but we've seen Malkoon scramble, the way he's able to get out from under people and work his way back up to top position, the way that if he comes on you, he forces a scramble every single time and never stops. It's like your game plan has to be knock this guy out. That's got to be the game plan. It can never involve grappling. It can never involve wrestling. Bad idea to shoot on this guy, no matter how good you are at wrestling or how good you think you are at wrestling. At any rate, it's looking like it's dead, right? Malkoon is just beating on Cody. We can see the fire fading in his eyes by the second. And then Malkoon throws an illegal strike to the base of his skull. Mark steps in, warns him, keep the shots clean. Don't hit him in the back of the head. What does he do? Rears up with one of the biggest elbows I've ever seen Malkoon throw. And, uh, there's been a lot of debate on this one on Twitter, folks. I mean, I cashed for five units. I'm a happy camper. <laughs> I know a lot of people lost a lot of money on Malkoon in this spot. But at the end of the day, the fighter has to control their weapons. And, and people are saying that Mark's an idiot for like stopping the fight. Mark's an idiot for calling it. and my argument would be that Mark's a bad judge. He's a bad ref if he doesn't stop it there. Because by the letter of the law in the UFC, strikes to the back of the head are illegal. He warned the fighter to control his weapons. He did not. And he chose. And again, this is where people compared this to like accidental nut shots and cage grabs. Things that you can do instinctually when you're like being taken down or, or when someone moves to the side when you're throwing an inside leg kick. It's not the same thing when you're on top of somebody, you've got their wrist cuffed, and you look at the back of their head and go, yeah, I'm going to punch him. <laughs> it's, it's not the same thing. It's not at all the same thing. So he literally got warned. He's in the control position, and you can strike the, the shoulder. You can strike the neck. You can strike the side of the head. You can strike the ribs. Like You've got the whole body available to you to hit. Just not the back of the head, man. And he threw an elbow. That's Malkoon's fault, man. That's I'm sorry. I, I know a lot of people are unhappy with that opinion, but it is not Cody's fault. Yes, was he ready to get out of there? Yes, he was. I thought he got beat by the scales on Friday. On the undefeated post-weigh-in show, I called that Cody looked like he did not want to be there from his own weight cut. So I absolutely understand that Cody called it quits. He took his win. He saw an opportunity to get a double win bonus out of this thing. He took it. Hey. I don't blame him. That's his income. But it wasn't the ref's fault. It wasn't Cody's fault. It was Jacob Malkoon's fault for throwing the illegal blow to the back of the head. I'm sorry. It is what, and I'm not sorry. It is what it is. It's a rule and it's there for a reason. And the, the referee had to enforce it. Literally had to. Because if that had gone on and he had hit him once or twice more in the back of the head and it was a TKO stoppage, we'd be having the reverse of this conversation. We'd be sitting there going, how could he not step in and save that man when the base of his skull is shattered? How how did he not step in and save that man when there are four or five illegal blows to the back of the head in a row? You can't do it. You can't do it. Mark did the right thing. Cody saw his way out and he took it. 
I can't blame him for that. But Malkoon is the one who's at fault for this thing. And I'm very happily sitting here with an extra five units on the night because I, I, I got the DQ in there on the uh, round one prop. So again, sorry to anybody that had Malkoon. That really is a bad beat because he was headed towards his first finish ever uh we've got brown belt dave what's going on in the house not expecting a show but yep we uh we got it going here and i know i know i know he he really was uh he was on his way to his first ufc finish it was coming it was gonna happen we all knew it you could see it coming a mile away now the next one i am so happy folks and this is where people People like to give uh, regular bettors, podcasters, people who deep dig a little bit deeper into the gambling, they give a shit, right? Because just pick the winner. Just pick the winner. The line doesn't matter. The odds don't matter. The implied odds don't matter. Throw all that in the bin. Just pick the winner. I picked Andre Fialio. But you know what I said? I said, I want minus 150. I want minus 145. I set my line. I said, this is where I will bet Andre Fialio. And if he gets to that number, I will pull the trigger. It saved me this week, folks. It saved me. The Dirty Bird came out and did the damn thing. There were a couple times in that fight where I was this close, this close to taking a live bet on Andre Fialio because he would turn it up and he would crack him and back him off and he would hurt him. And in classic Andre Fialio style, he would just let that then slip away after that point. I thought Tim was going to be a little too old and dusted to be able to pull off the win in this spot. And he was not. He stayed on him and he just melted this kid. So all props to Tim Means. I am very happy I stuck to my read. I am very happy I stuck to my guns. And I said, I am not betting this terrible non-UFC level fighter unless I get the right number. And I still would have been wrong, obviously, if I had made the bet and I had got the number I wanted. I still I would have lost that money. But that's the point. Not getting the right line saved me cash. So I hope you guys dodged that bullet with me. That felt good. Andrew, in the chat, what's going on, my guy? Thank you so much for being here this evening, folks. Obviously, small night. We're just doing a little recap before we cut everybody loose. Not as many viewers this evening. Still do me a favor and hit the like button. It helps out. And then we'll be back, of course, next week, rearing and ready to go for some more gambling action. Um, Dan Arweta closes out the uh, preliminary card with Miles Johns. Took a bath here. This was one of my bigger bets on the night. This is one of my more confident bets on the night. Uh, had a 3.3 unit investment here on Daniel Arweta. I really thought he was going to be able to put on a pace that Miles Johns could not. I keep up with and I've got to give nothing but props to Miles Johns I knew he was going to be the better striker we knew he was going to hit harder he was going to be more explosive but we've seen him fade we've seen him get tired we've seen him collapse down the stretch and that's always what I thought would happen here I knew Arweta was going to be at the striking disadvantage I knew he was going to have to walk through some punishment but he would eventually get this man down and eventually he would break him and it just never happened. He kept walking forward. He kept zombieing his way in there. He kept looking for the takedowns. Props to him for the toughness. How he survived some of those shots, I have no idea. He took a beating that night. Really tried to win that fight for me. But at the end of the day, I just have to tip my cap. I was wrong. I was wrong about Miles Johns. And he he absolutely showed out. Anybody that took that bet on Miles Johns, that man fought for your money. And that was just a gorgeous performance by him. Nothing but respect. So the main card, Ricardo Hamos kicks off. We got money on Charles Air Jordan. And we got that round three sprinkle because, of course, you know, Ramos is a breakable guy. He's a guy that's going to slow down and get tired in a, in a battle. But Jordan, Jordan wanted one thing. One thing and one thing only. He had no in It was all 
guillotine and and he's been i kind of got on him a little bit for the guillotine he'll jump gilly he'll play from his back and he doesn't have the greatest takedown defense and quite frankly i thought i was on my way to losing another bet here in this spot because i laid minus 135 on charles jordan i thought he was going to lay on his back and end up getting grappled and tire out not be able to get back up to his feet and then get us in a very sketchy position but I think he knew something because he just kept looking for that neck. And it was the second, maybe the third time he freaking got it. And submitting a guy like Ramos, that's not an easy thing to do. Wearing him out and nuking him deep in the fight when he's tired and he's not the same guy. I would argue that might be easier to do than tapping him. This was a gorgeous performance by Charles Jordan. And you know what? When Charles got to the UFC, I kind of circled this kid and I was like, he's raw. He's raw. But if he turns that quarter, he's going to be something. He's going to be dangerous. He's going to be a star, and he's going to be good. And then over the last couple of years, he just hasn't quite gotten there. He hasn't quite put it together. He hasn't quite turned that corner for me. And I started looking to bet against him instead because he doesn't use his brain the way I want him to. He doesn't, he doesn't play the game. He's not going to actually go out there and win the fight the way that you need him to if you're going to trust him with your money. The last two fights, he's started to. I think I'm all back in on the Charles Jordan train, folks. Like, I was on it, I jumped off it, and I think we're going to go ahead and turn it around and get right back on it here at this point. It's Jordan season, baby. He's flying the flag up there with Mike Malott in Canada, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, too. The fact that nobody in Canada really likes or cares about him, he's taking that personally. I like it. I think we're going to ride with Charles Jordan a little bit more often moving forward. Andrew, my guy, saying, Clint, you are the man. Best MMA talk on YouTube, bro. Thank you so much, Andrew. I really appreciate the kind words, the compliments, you guys being here and showing love, especially on a Monday night when there's not even any fights to really talk about. That's the absolute best. If you guys want me to do these types of shows where it's more just like back and forth talking, current events, um, you know, I had that fiasco of a uh, of a side gig podcast that I started with our guy, well, not anyway, anyway, I'm not going to mention his name, but that didn't go well. <laughs> that podcast isn't happening anymore. Um, but if you guys want me to do some kind of a like news and chat type of show, let me know. You know, these never get all that many views, obviously, because we're so heavily focused on the gambling and the betting content. That's 90% of what we do. And obviously the views drop off a cliff when we're not doing that. So if that's something you guys would support, if that's something you guys want more of, Maybe I can bring it to you. We'll see. I, we just, I got to make sure the time investment is worth it. You know what I mean? If you guys definitely want more of something like that, then jump in the comments after the live stream. Let me know if I can maybe work with you here. Um, so next fight on the card, Battle and AJ Fletcher. Woo! Boy, another bullet dodged. I leaned all week kind of dog or pass. I felt like it was too big of a price to pay on Brian Battle. I did pick him to go ahead and win the fight, but I kind of thought AJ was like sneaky live. Brian Battle just keeps surprising me, man. He got his ass beaten in the first round. I, I was ready to jump. Again, I was ready to jump in live because I thought AJ Fletcher would just kind of keep doing what he was doing. He had a big first round, hit him with a huge elbow that dropped him. I mean, it really looked like AJ was doing the damn thing. And then out of nowhere, Brian Battle goes, you know what? We're going to change this up. And he decides to go to the grappling. Instead of using that height and reach advantage, which he was struggling with, he goes, I can just outgrapple this guy. And the guy who I thought was going to have the wrestling advantage got put on his back and, in fact, got styled on. It was wild. Brian Battle is legit. And I've talked about him being too big. I think the weight cut is prob kind of problematic for him because of his size. And I don't know if he can keep it up over the course of his career. But, man, as long as he can keep this weight cut going and get down to this weight class, 
he's going to be a problem at 170. I, I love me some Pooh Bear. Let's go Brian Battle, but uh, apparently a missed opportunity to buy low on him live, or I didn't even think about the sub prop, quite frankly. So props to anybody that cashed tickets there. Um, Michelle Watterson, my God. She came out guns blazing in this fight. I mean, her whole thing was she was like, I'm not, she, I guess, talked to the referees and, and got an idea of what they're looking for. And she's usually very measured, very paced. And quite frankly, guys, you look back over the course of her career, it's a ton of split decisions. It's always boring. It's always low volume. I kind of think that's been protecting her because if she doesn't fight that way and she comes out and forces a firefight like this, Apparently, she can't survive in that firefight. She doesn't get any respect in her strikes. She's not strong enough. She doesn't hit hard enough. And she got destroyed. I mean, it was brutal to watch Marina Rodriguez do this to her. She was kneeing her in the ribs. And between rounds, Watterson was like coughing up blood. I mean, it was... I don't know what the ref took so long to get in there for. I really don't. I, I felt like that fight could have been stopped a whole hell of a lot sooner. Props to Michelle Watterson for having the uh, the gumption to get back out there and keep on trying and keep on staying in that fight and trying to bring it to her. But damn, man, like we we could have seen three, four minutes less of that fight, in my opinion. Um, co-main event, though, <laughs> it gets interesting again. We cashed a nice three-unit bet on Bryce Mitchell. Thug Nasty gets us on the board. Weird fight, man. Weird fights. I mean, first off, he comes out and throws the Bible up for everybody, screaming freedom at the top of his lungs. That's a way to start a UFC fight. That definitely happened. <laughs> and uh, then he proceeds to get his ass beat for the first round. Now, there's a judge out there that gave a 30-27 scorecard. As a Bryce Mitchell backer, I appreciated the unanimous decision, uh, but I do think that was a very questionable scorecard. I thought there was an argument that maybe Bryce got the first round uh, with his dominant position there at the end, but you think about it, and he really just got his ass beat. He took way too many big power shots. I'm not sure that's something that you can argue very strongly. Round two and round three, on the other hand, he got to work. That was where Bryce did what Bryce does, and he just kept on chasing those takedowns. He got the back control we wanted. He got the top position we wanted. Some of those transitions, holy crap, like his hips do things people's hips aren't supposed to do. There was one spot where he went from bottom control to side like off to the side where usually someone will like shake you off and reverse and get on top of you where you're on your back but instead of that happening somehow he managed to squiggle to the point that he ended up in full mount i have no idea how he did that and i literally tweeted i was like hips don't do that like i don't i have no idea how bryce mitchell pulled that move especially against somebody who's as good as danny gay is that was very impressive for him to pull that move and as somebody who made money on bryce mitchell I don't know how the fight didn't get stopped. Like his eye was completely swollen shut. You can't tell me that he could tell you how many numbers you're holding up between rounds if you covered his good eye. There's no way they actually checked him for his vision in this spot because if they had, they would have stopped the fight. That eye was swollen completely shut. I Are we missing something? Like maybe there's straight up a rule out there that we just don't know about that it doesn't matter as long as you've got one good eye these days because I swear, like we've had a couple different fights in the last year or two where one eye has been completely shut. The fighter lies and says they can see and the doc's like, yep, okay, get on back in there, kid. Like 
It, it just keeps happening. So I'm not going to rely on swollen eye stoppages anymore because it doesn't seem like a thing that the doctors or the UFC are interested in letting happen. Uh, props to Bryce Mitchell for bearing it and, and props to him for digging deep and getting that win, even with his eye swollen shut. But my God, the cringiest post-fight interview of all time. I mean, it's got to be this one and Molly McCann with the belt. Those have got to be like the top two post-fight cringe moments in the UFC because my god and this so let me tell you guys I I am a Christian right like this comes from a Christian person Bryce Mitchell's not the guy you want carrying the flag for you like when the guy who doesn't believe in gravity is claiming your faith it's like oh sit down. Hey, buddy sit down please sit there like you're not helping us here <laughs> he's absolutely insane and somebody on twitter was getting on me they were like oh he's just speaking his mind and that's frowned on it's like no he's fucking batshit crazy and that's what's frowned on <laughs> i don't i don't know what to tell you the less bryce mitchell we get on the mic probably the better michael bisbing took that mic away and walked out of there and that was uh I mean, I liked the uh, I liked that he was trying to send a good message, thoughts and prayers for the people uh, that are in Hawaii. He wanted Danny to get a pray with him. That part totally fine with that. But it was the the other psychotic things under the radar that were that I was not okay with. Uh, and I think the UFC was probably good to keep away from him on their microphone with their logo. Uh, and then of course, this one, folks, I, I've got to take credit for this. And by credit, I mean my bad, my bad. Um, the way this card was going. With all these insane things taking place, I tweeted out, I was like, look, something's going to go wrong in this fight card. And when nothing crazy happened on Michelle Watterson and Marina Rodriguez, I was like, it's it's the main event of the co-main again. Then something, something crazy is going to happen. There's no way this fight card, with how stupid and insane it's been, there's no way it ends normally. And we just shut the door and keep on going. Something else is going to happen. Thank God I got the live bet in on Gamrot. <laughs> I took a shot on Gamrot. It looked like his pace was starting to get to Fazeev. He started to have a little success with the takedowns, and that was enough for me. I was like, okay, if we start seeing the grapple and work on him, that's what I needed to see. I leaned on Gam I leaned towards Gamrot all week, but I wasn't ready to pull the trigger until I saw him actually start being effective in the cage against Fazeev. And I got it by like a minute and a half. I mean... I got it between rounds at the two minute mark of round two Fazeev's knee pops. And I feel so bad for him. I mean, that's not, I don't want to cash a ticket on an injury. I hate injuries. We don't want these fighters being out for, you know, missing a year and a half of their primes, nursing something that goes wrong. Like you never want an injury. Those are the worst possible situations, uh, especially as a fan of the sport. Like you, you just, you want to see these guys in there. You want them to make money. You want them to move their careers and they can't do that if, if they're nursing, especially something like this, where it's like an injury that was an accidental. It's like a soft tissue injury in football, right? Those are the worst. They're always the worst. They take the longest to heal from and recover from. I hope Fazeev is good. I hope he makes a, a speedy recovery. I hope he comes back to us quickly. I am happy to make a little bit of cash, but that's just never the way that I want to do it. I mean, I'll take the 20 to 1 DQ win over the injury <laughs> DKO anytime. Anytime! Um, but yeah, I mean... For such a wild night, coming away plus 4.4 units, I, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> it was, It's one of those nights where people just get absolutely buried on because you're right 
and you still lose. You know what I mean? Like the people that bet Malcoon, like they they could have played that fight however they felt like it, and they were probably one thousand percent correct about it. But the bookies took their money anyway. So I feel very fortunate to have stacked a couple of chips here on this particular card. Um, let's just take a look because so we've got Dana White's contender series tomorrow night. I have yet to even look at it. Not something I've even glanced at. I'll be honest with you guys. So you got to keep an eye on the social media for any plays. Same thing with PFL. I actually didn't even know the PFL had a card until right before podcast kicked off. I saw a tweet about it. So I will look into that one over the course of the week. Um, but we've got this break week, and then we come back to uh, Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green, the return of B. Joe Pfeiffer, Drew Dober, Morono versus Buckley, uh, Alexander Hernandez, my old nemesis, Felipe Lenz is back. Like, that's going to be another one of those down and dirty type of cards where we can probably find a couple nasty, greasy props to sink our teeth into. It'll be a fun one uh, to go ahead and take a look at here. And then after that, uh, we have another. Looks like another Vegas card before we get into any like pay-per-view stuff or anything like that. So I'm very pleased to have the week off. And I will tell you guys, those of you who are listening, um, next week we will have our guy from the Club and Sub podcast, John Stargarian, is going to make his return to the podcast. He'll be joining us to break that one down. And then uh, the next UFC Vegas card, we'll get Mike. The uh, Couch Warrior podcast is going to make his uh, diehard debut. And then for UFC 294, we will have none other than our guy Liam Picks Fights on the podcast for that big pay-per-view card. So I'm very excited. We got some great guests coming up the next couple of weeks. We've got some fun fights coming up the next couple of weeks. I got to get my ass studying, but I won't lie to you. The brain rest this week, just being able to watch some preseason hockey, just being able to watch some football tonight, and just not sweating about you know burning with 15-plus hours watching tape to study for it. Man, these, these eight-week stretches, I love them. Come Saturday, it's a good thing we've got PFL because I'll be cranky with no MMA to bet on. I really will. I can't miss a week having no mixed martial arts. It's part of my routine. It's embedded into me. It feels good to get the brain rest for about four days, and then I'm back to wanting it back. So it'll it'll come back around on like Wednesday, Thursday. I'll be like, man, I should be watching tape right now. So we'll get right on back into it. You guys watching this show, this episode specifically, y'all are the real diehards. You're the ones that support me. You're the ones that are with me. Even if football's on, even if there's no UFC, you're still hanging out here on the show with me. Y'all are the real ones. Thank you all so much for the love and support this evening. I'm not seeing a lot come in through the chat here today. So I hope you guys kick some serious ass out there with your degenerate gambling. And I'm not even going to bother running all the promos and shit like that for you guys. We do that every single week on every single pod. You guys don't need it tonight. We'll do a quick smash and grab 30 minutes and get out of here. You have a wonderful week. Enjoy the rest. I hope you're protecting those bullets in your bankroll. Safeguard that stuff, man. Don't go crazy on this week where we don't have a UFC card. We want to definitely try to keep on that upward trajectory. 100 units. We're coming for it this year, baby. We're coming for it. Thank you all so much for being here, and let's roll. Does anybody else have any other stupid questions for me tonight? Thank you. Have a good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.